Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Hello. And Robbie Payne. I wasn't ready. Got him. I was adjusting my headphones. He was over there taking a nap. Gabe was over there taking a nap. I got a haircut this morning and I'm just all relaxed and just chill. You might not hear from me for the rest of this podcast. He's going to go fall asleep. The the barber shop is is an interesting place. I I go into the barber shop. I've been getting my haircut by the same guy for a very long time. And, uh, I'll chat. We'll chat. We'll we'll get caught up. But then I just I sit there, man. Yep. You know we don't have to talk the whole time. You just do your exactly. thing. This is my time to sit and relax. You Truth. know and yeah, chill. That's that's the that and when I'm like behind a drum set. Those are the two yeah. times where I just check out. Well, it's like I that's I uh, yeah. And Joe, Joe goes to a barber. I go to a, I go to a, a stylist. I go to a stylist. So so yeah. You fancy. kick back in the in the bowl and they're washing your hair and they do the hot towel yeah, on your face. And I'm like, you know I mean, what? Just give me a nice warm weighted blanket and <laughs> see Gabe, you later. Call me Gabe. later. Yeah. Gabe will take a little nap. Yeah, yeah it. Uh, I, that's why I, the the reason that you were just saying like yeah, that's your time to chill that in a drum set drumming. Uh, I just bought a mountain bike and yeah. that that also like running to a little bit, but I've ran for so long that I can go for a run and my brain's still going. I'm thinking about a million different things and riding a mountain bike. You cannot. You, you can't do that. No, you will wreck. And both hurt of those yourself. activities. And like drumming's thing, the same yeah, thing. The like only thing have I'm to thinking focus is on how much further am I going to go before I have a heart attack <laughs> or a stroke? Yeah, I could. I haven't. Who's going to find me laying on the side of the road? <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I haven't been running here lately, but I can. Yeah, I can. I can just go out and run. It's just the way I am. But anywho, um, we uh, we we got all the podcast stuff set up here. Uh, 
and we were trying to do a little live stream. We were like, oh man, not a live stream. We were just going to record a little a clip to post to our YouTube members because we're debating on um, doing a, a kind of YouTube members only live stream of the podcast. And we wanted to test it. And then we realized like it, it's going to, we, we set it all up and we just realized it's going to take a, it's going to take some like probably, engineering. Probably we're need have to plan yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to like, we're gonna have to get some lighting and we're going to have to mount a camera up higher somehow. Yeah, and it's not going to be that simple. Yeah, we so. were like, oh yeah, just plug in the slate. Not to do it right. I mean, we totally could have done it with a, but it would have been horrible. It wouldn't have looked and good. You yeah. all deserve better than that. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we're too meticulous. We, you know, we I've, whatever I've, you want to call it. Right. <laughs> I like uh, meticulous. Yeah, okay. Met- meticulous sounds particular. Better, that was the word. Yeah. Particular. There you go. We've uh, uh, we we had someone on Twitter ask us if if we were going to live stream uh, the podcast. I think we will. I think eventually we will. I think I think it will be something that we do for our YouTube members only. Um, at least for right now, our channel, our YouTube channel, is um, obviously reviews and tutorials and posting the podcast on there uh, it would need to be video because youtube doesn't want you to just post audio files because they want video and then it's like we could post it on there uh but maybe we like i don't know we could always make a new channel and just post the podcast on a different channel mm-hmm. or we just post it to our members and we say hey if you want to watch it go uh, check out our membership um and you can watch that way so we'll see we'll see if um if you all are interested in live streaming let us know We've talked about it. We've debated it. Yeah. I think yeah. it could be cool. Yeah. Just not, not really sure how we're going to execute yeah. on it yet. But, you know, the reason we'll we work it out. The reason we like doing this podcast so much is because it's simple. Yeah. We literally so set up the mics. We get to talk. And we just sit here and talk and post it. And it doesn't take long to edit. It's, and it's fun. So we're trying to not add too many other variables. On, yeah, on this top is so of it. different than everything else we do. This might go on that list of things we were just talking about, where this is like our time where we just get to talk and. Yeah. Well, you, you, you we were know, talking Rob, about it yesterday. Yeah, Robbie and I were thing. talking about this yesterday. Uh, I mean, just, it's, we're not checking out. It's just no, that no. we have, there's a lot more freedom to just kind of whatever. You know? well, Joe was filming a video yesterday and just talking about like not doing it that often, all the things you have to think about whenever you go to yeah. film, you know, and even, you know, I've done hundreds of YouTube videos at this point and it's still like, there's a, a certain little bit of level of anxiety I'll still mm-hmm. have when I, as soon as it's, you know, we're finally set and we're ready to roll. Like there's that little bit because you know, YouTube as a platform is just different. Like when I'm writing an article, I can write and if I look at a paragraph and go, Oh, that sucked. You or, fix it. Man, yeah. delete it. Change it. Yeah. You know, proofread it. And not that YouTube doesn't get edited, but there's just this, um, you know, we will record in clips. And so you may be 30 or 45 seconds or a minute into something where you've just nailed it. You've, you've hit, all the, hit all the points because you've got to be concise. You can't, you can't just, you know, meander around. You can't say ums. You can't say uh. You, you know, you, you've got to stand and deliver. <laughs> and you get 45 seconds into a clip and realize, like, I've nailed this. I'm not even sure I remember all the things I said and the way I said them. So now I've got to finish this clip without screwing up or, you know, without some saliva developing yeah. in my throat where I, I can't, <laughs> you know, like, and so you're thinking all of that stuff while trying to still talk coherently about what it is you're doing. So, I mean, it's just a different thing. Whereas this is, you know, I, I didn't sit and plan out everything I was just saying. Yeah, it's I totally just, I'm just talking. It's, yeah. it's conversational and it's, 
we can we can think deeper about things and and, and like we have multiple times come to conclusions as we're as talking you're just talking about like it, sitting yeah. here being like well, I honestly didn't even think about that until sitting here talking it through and so I, I like this as a medium uh, that is very different and distinct from articles it's very different and distinct from from YouTube and it's it's its own thing and so yeah I agree I don't we don't want to muddy up the process. Adding, adding all of these different production yeah, layers to it makes it less fun. And so, you know? and honestly, if there's not a ton of people that are like, man, I'd love to watch that, you know, because it's not going to be that different of an experience. It's not like we're going to address the camera. If there's a camera on us, it's just going right. to be looking at <laughs> us. And I, I don't know. I'm not sure how much value it adds. Maybe we'll get some feedback on this and, and we'll know. And if a lot of people want it, great. You know, it's 100% something we want to do. If, sure. If uh, viewers, listeners, readers want that, but if not, I, I don't want to do it just to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. So, yep. Exactly. Exactly. Mainly, yeah, so. uh, guys, again, because we really enjoy doing this. Right. And we just—it's pure. Feels, right. That's part of yeah. why everything's gone the way it's gone for us up to this point because we we legitimately enjoy what we do. Yep. Um, and, and I think that comes through in the work, and so I want to continue enjoy what in, doing what we're doing so that we continue doing good stuff and making good content. Yep. Yep, exactly. So let us know. Let us know on uh, social media at Chrome Unboxed on Twitter. Uh, hashtag the Chromecast. The what is that? What, what did I do? The Chromecast. Chromecast. <laughs> is that like we're going to rebrand? See? Yeah, yeah. We're rebranding to the Chromecast. Right there. You'd have to cut and redo yeah, all exactly. this on YouTube. The no Chrome, worries here. Now the we Chromecast. Just get, you, know, you all get to laugh at us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we had some. Uh, I don't know that it was quote unquote big news. Uh, it was kind of big news for us because it kind of blew up. Um, we had an article that was written this week uh, that is still. Um, I'm looking over at our stats right now. It's still just chugging right along. Um, there's a lot of people that are interested in Google perhaps making a new messaging platform for business. So kind of an all-in-one messaging platform and. Uh, we literally sat down today and we were like, man, what are we going to talk about? And um, we have like two things written down and we're just going to, we're going <laughs> to flesh this out a little bit here. We've yeah. been talking about devices. It's been device heavy for the past couple weeks because w there were a lot of things announced at CES and we were excited. So we wanted to talk through those, uh, but we're going to switch it up a little bit today. We're going to talk through this messaging thing and how it has gotten to this point. I mean, your featured image alone is telling right because how many how many is icons are 11? on there something 11 like different that. platforms I I 11 or something like that it's google, just, google i kept has searching google and messaging and just, just everywhere kept, like, I found kept finding them for, since you know so yeah i mean it, it it's worth looking at all of them and and they all have a purpose like i'm not you know one person i think in the comment section accused me of you know hating on google a little bit i'm like come on if you've been around us for any amount of time you know that i'm 100% for Google, excited about things that they're doing, but also not going to throw a blind eye to reality. I mean, here. we're, we're yeah. reviewers. You right. know? I mean, I mean we... let's just, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Because, again, I'm not one of those people, and I don't like some of the, the trend of the um, tech blog um, ecosystem at this point in time where it's like trendy to kind of hate on the thing that you're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. You know, I, I write about Android phones. I hate Android, and they're idiots, and these phones are stupid, and Google makes dumb, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's the cool thing to do right now? Like, yeah. I, I get calling, you know, calling things out when it needs to be called out, 100%. But 
doing it with a tone of just like, I hate this product. I hate this company. Like I, I, I just personally don't get yeah, that. Well, I mean, we would, the three of us would have never jumped into doing what we're doing if we didn't really love and care about this ecosystem. So yeah, right. there's going to be, there's going to be crap devices. There's going to be stuff that we're like, nah, y'all missed it, but there's gonna be products that they missed it too. But we love the ecosystem, and we're going to continue to pursue that because we do love it. Right. And, and like, along the way, we'll point out the thing. Like, I mean, come on, Google. Aloe. I mean, seriously, y'all got rid of Aloe? R.I.P. Aloe. Yeah. But think about the what, what the, the mistakes they made along the way with Aloe. Yeah. Like, they debuted Aloe and Duo, and Duo has, has stayed the test of time. It wasn't perfect, and it, it lacked all sorts of features, and they have just kept pouring into it, and building a user base and it was like aloe didn't work immediately so they did what google tends to do a lot of times and just walked away from it and just washed their hands of it and it was a great messaging platform before aloe i'd never touched whatsapp i'd never messed with it and so aloe came along i didn't realize how much of a clone of whatsapp oh, aloe yeah. was 100 percent aloe or 100 percent whatsapp clone for sure um, and so i'm glad whatsapp's around it was kind of where we all fell after aloe went away but you know i started using it and I just didn't realize how good it was at all the things it did. And it was missing some things. And there's some things that Google could have done right out of the gate, I think, that would have made it okay. Had they allowed you to connect your uh, your Google account to it immediately, like it had, because it was all phone number based. Yeah, it was right all based front. on phone initially. And, and that's fine. Like that, That's cool. But if you're going to let you know me log in with my phone number or whatever, give me the option to also connect my Google account there if I want to. And if I don't want to, you don't have to kind of thing. That's exactly what Facebook messenger does. Right. There, there's no reason they couldn't have done that. And like they, they showed up without that and they, there was all kinds of stuff. I can't remember at the beginning of Allo that it was just underwhelming at the beginning, right before they shut it down though, they'd added in most of the things that were missing. They never tied Google accounts. though to it, did they? No. Because having done that, you could have just gone to allo.google.com or whatever, gone to the web app version, and just, I'm logged in with my Google account, I can just start messaging. I don't have to go through the whole, like, scan the QR code nonsense that you got to do with with uh, WhatsApp and with Allo at the time. Yeah, the Google account was only tied to, like, backups and stuff. It was yeah, never actually tied to your Allo They've account. done it perfectly with Duo. Yeah. Like, Duo, I can bring up on my Chromebook, log in, and just start, you know, making calls and doing whatever I need to do. But if I didn't want to hook my Google account up, I could have done it via my phone number. You could do both. It's it is not a one or. It's it's both and. Um, and so some of those things. Oh, there went that, my phone. That was Robbie's phone buzzed a second ago, and so I put he it in my lap. It. And now it's in the floor. <laughs> Just leave. That's it what now. you get, yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's oh, he's on a he's on a different phone now too. We're, we're, we're not going to talk. talk we're not going to talk about that. Um, there was an, there was an iPhone at one point. Let's just say that, and that we'll leave it. We'll not leave even it at twelve that. hours, man. We'll leave it at that. It never even made it to the office, did it? I didn't no, even no, get no to way. see it. I didn't no. get to see Robbie holding an iPhone. No, my parents didn't believe it either. Jeez. My my son told my parents, and they were like, "Ooh, you're making stuff up." <laughs> and I was like, "No, he wasn't lying." Uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, and Al was just one example of countless messaging apps i think the let me let me look at my uh featured image here that would be the easiest way for me yeah, to there was see one all that you them. all were talking about that i had never even heard of wave wave yeah, yeah we'll talk about i wave. don't even remember we'll talk about wave. Wave, here guys. <laughs> wave is near and dear to my heart and and much like uh, web os uh from palm it was ahead of its time if if honestly what they're doing right now 
sounds a whole lot like wave oh, yeah. to be honest with you but so i've got this featured image pulled up i crammed all the icons of all the all the messaging apps into one so it had google talk google wave uh hangouts allo and then hangouts got busted up into hangouts meet and hangouts chat you have android messages you have inbox by gmail gmail and duo i don't think i'm missing any <laughs> these are all I mean, messaging geez. apps from one company uh. and so Again, if you if you look at this objectively, there's no way you can be like, yeah, they nailed it. This is exactly what you want. Over the course of a decade, this is what you want to have in yeah. your portfolio for messaging apps. No, yeah, especially should, when a lot of them lived side by side. It wasn't it like, still oh, do. yeah, it's like, not like, oh, we did this. It didn't work. Let's kill it and try something else. Like, we did this. Well, here, now we're going to do this other thing. Well, what's it do? Oh, it does pretty much the same thing as this other thing, but... Uh, just pick one and whichever one you pick is probably going to be the one that goes away. <laughs> right. And and that was the confusing part because Hangouts wasn't deprecated when Allo came out. Ooh. So people were like, why would I leave Hangouts to go this? And the underlying architecture of stuff made sense. Like if you really dug into it, you realized Allo is based on much more current messaging standards than Hangouts is. Hangouts has got some barnacles on it that oh, yeah. are long holdovers from, I think, Google Talk, I believe, is where some of that stuff came in from. And it's just stuff that honestly needs to go away and there are better replacements for it. But I think like where Google gets hung up is sometimes just because there's a new technology out that will do something better, it doesn't always mean you need to go replace it. Like, and I don't know how you integrate those things. I don't know, but email for instance, hasn't changed that much. So Gmail just kind of has chilled out in that space for all this time. But Inbox is a perfect example of Google doing something really cool, inventive, and unique, and then just not seeing it through. Like those of us who switched over to Inbox and started using it, people fell in love with Inbox. I loved Inbox, and I didn't like it when it first came out. It came out, and I used it for a little bit, and was like, eh, I don't think this is for me. Went a year, and then read something about it, and I was like, I'm going to try it again. And I really gave it a try. And it is, it was amazing. I mean, it was just amazing to use. It was my favorite way to deal with email by far. There's never been anything like it. And yeah, then Google heard how much you loved like, it. And they're like, oh, huh, by the way. Yeah, we're tired of this. So everybody else seems to use Gmail. There's not enough people here. And I'm like, that, that's what used to scare me, honestly, about our, our job now, uh, back before it was our main job, is that Google is just going to tire of Chrome OS yeah. that they were just going to be like, <sighs> yeah, we're just done. We're not going to do it anymore. Yeah, and honestly, when we first started this, it could have went I think that there direction. Were, I think there were times where it got close. Yeah, it very it well really could did. have went that way. Uh, I think had the education sector not really latched on to the OS, it would have given them an out. They would have just been like, eh, it won't hurt that many people. We'll just yeah. quit it. Um, and so I'm glad they didn't, obviously. Uh, I think there's a massive future for Chrome OS. I think there's a massive future for an operating system that's built to leverage the web. In our second segment, we're going to kind of talk about some of that stuff. But it doesn't change the fact that I really feel like Google, had they not had some things laid out already, had, had they not basically been beholden to so many school systems and millions of students, they I, I'm almost positive they would have walked away from uh, Chrome OS uh, early on when you know nobody was buying them and stuff like that. You know, fast forward now, they stuck with it. They they kept just plugging away at this thing, and and they're still doing it. I mean, we get updates every six weeks. You know, stuff keeps changing. They're they're working on the OS to make it better and better. And because of those efforts over a decade of time, 
it's finally it's just now starting to make a dent and i wish that they would take that kind of perseverance into their apps into their services like don't announce something unless you're ready to stand behind it don't announce something that's because i think that's why duo is standing up for instance like it's based on WebRTC, um which is a, a a newer it's not new but it's a newer you know technology that allows video conferencing type stuff there's a lot of stuff based on WebRTC now i think i want to say skype is based on that now and um what is the other uh, zoom yeah. is a WebRTC client uh, duo obviously on the web is a WebRTC client so like it feels like hey we built duo on this thing that we think stands the test of time and will scale and get better over time you know chrome os is a thing like that it's a framework built to be flexible enough to get better over time right and the big yeah and the big advantage there is that the web is ever evolving and chrome os being web centric can evolve with it so as more and more technology leverages the cloud and leverages the web chrome os becomes more robust because there's so much more you can do in the operating system now that you couldn't do five years ago because there's so much more that you can do on the web right yeah i mean and it, it yeah it all hinges on that and so it's just a bummer um to see so like looking at these icons to see some of these things <laughs> the, just be the gone. messaging graveyard um and in part of it too is in the states we have iMessage and Apple's iMessage has really done a number I think on the way that people go about consuming messaging apps because I mean we even have whether you love or hate Facebook I I don't like Facebook and so by by nature, I don't really like to use Facebook Messenger. But to act like it's not a good messaging service is kind of stupid. Um, a lot of people are on it because that's, that's one of the key ingredients of having a good messaging system. doesn't matter whether it works or not or how the functionality is. Are there people there? If the people aren't there, it's no good anyway. Um, but there's tons of people on it by virtue of people having Facebook accounts. And... You know, they've just slowly but surely just added all kinds of stuff. You know, GIF support, and you can just use your phone number, and it can pull from your contacts. And, you know, the features just kept coming because they've just kept building into it. And Facebook could have easily just been like, you know what? We have uh, we own WhatsApp, so let's just ditch this and yeah. just, just dive into that. And they haven't. You know, they've, they've stuck with their messenger. And even in a, a, an economy and a society that has that kind of messaging. We have WhatsApp. The rest of the world basically uses WhatsApp. If you're listening to this in the United States and don't realize that outside of our bubble, literally everyone uses WhatsApp. Yeah. Like that's the, that's how people message each other. Tech like texts aren't a thing. Nobody thinks about that. So when we talk about this outside of the United States, people don't even understand what we're talking about. Like they, they don't even understand what the big deal is. But in the United States, we have iMessage and iMessage is Apple's Messenger, you know, and oh, by the way, it does SMS too. So like when a nasty green Android person, you know, messages them, they get a different color bubble and green it's, bubble. it's oh. this, it, it, it's this U.S. social thing, which is so ridiculous because having an iPhone is not any sign of any kind of monetary wealth in our country anymore. Like, yeah, everyone has an iPhone. Like, it's not a big deal to have an iPhone. That's not, doesn't make you special or neat or unique. So if you're listening to this and you have an iPhone and you think that that somehow makes you better than other people, 
Like, put that away because nobody likes that. I mean, that's just silly. Hard, hard truths by Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, Robbie had one for 12 hours, and I actually thought less of him. So Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and let's be honest, it, it was terrible. It was painful. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, like, he um, had this pained look on his face when he walked in the office that morning because uh, he, he went and took it back oh, that, yeah, morning. that morning. <laughs> I, was, I was glad to be rid of it. Um, yeah. But... And I'm not, I don't want to sit and hate on iPhones. That's, you know, like I, it's not my, the operating system of preference, but this idea, like there was a period of time where iPhones were the only premium phone or like there might be a Samsung in there. I mean, this is back when I sold cell phones and worked at Sprint, you know, like people that bought iPhones were a lot of times of a different socioeconomic class. And so there, there became this thing, like if you had an iPhone, it was some sort of uh, classification. Status. He has a status yeah. symbol type thing. It's kind of what a what an Apple Watch, and those are even losing their status symbols now that there's enough of them. AirPods Pro, you know, AirPod, AirPod, AirPods Pro, Pro maybe, yeah. but you know, AirPods were that for a little yeah. bit. It was yeah. a status. Ooh, thing. Side note: Go check out is it Oppo or Oppo? It's Oppo, right? I think it's Oppo. Their new watch. Oh yeah, I know. Straight up clone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, all that stuff to say, like because of that, all of that societal stuff. Apple made a very brilliant move and made their text messaging app also an instant messenger that worked perfectly with iOS and Mac OS and now iPad OS and watch or whatever OS they call the thing on their watch. And so they made it all work really well. So all the people using an iPhone can all message each other with all the benefits that come with things like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. So it, it's using data. It's not using the old school SMS, MMS garbage. But, but so many people do not know they have that. No My idea. girlfriend oh, yeah. has no an idea. iPhone, is a diehard Apple person, and she has no idea that her iMessages, the little blue bubbles, are instant messengers. I've tried to explain to her. <laughs> this one's data. This one's SMS, MMS. Like, you know, I have and, Android, and she always wants me to get an iPhone, and I'm not going to do it, but... Yeah, I'm like, can we just use something else? Can we just yeah, just use, use WhatsApp? WhatsApp? But yep. Anywho. And so, like, because of that, and people don't even understand what's going on. They just know, like, this bubble means they're an iPhone, and this one means it's Android. And when they're Android, they have all kinds of issues. I don't know why they have issues, but they have issues. Well, because you're trying to mix an instant messenger that uses all kinds of data protocols to regular text messaging app that's using... SMS and MMS that have been around since, I don't know, 20 years, 25 years. Yeah. It's an old protocol. It can't handle much data. It doesn't do well with read receipts. It, it doesn't parse time very well. Like, it's an old, old protocol that, thankfully, Google has come in and basically put their foot down and replaced it. Yes. I mean, RCS, it's called chat, a bunch of rich communication service service I think is what system, it stands for. yeah um you know they they came in and said hey we're building rcs into messages um samsung i think put rcs into their messaging <clears throat> samsung's doing going the route of saying hey we're we got the universal profile support if the carrier supports it cool it'll work uh, and all rcs is is it's basically a instant messenger uh, an uh, internet protocol based messaging service like whatsapp or facebook messenger whatever that will work over, you know, your, your carrier's line. Um, but carriers, not surprisingly, have been terrible at implementing it and turning it on to make it work because why, I don't know why. why. Like, yeah, I was going to say, why I, is that? Because I don't know why. Um, used to when they charged for us, you know, remember 
You might not even remember. Oh, back I in the day, yeah. you paid per text. Oh, I remember. We still get yeah. warnings now. You like you go to text something, text blah 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 to three zero three zero three zero, and da da da. And you text it, and it's like carrier Messages rates may apply to who? Who's getting charged per text message in twenty twenty? If you are somebody, change your <laughs> provider. It's ridiculous. It'd be like you're getting charged per minute, like you're calling eight hundred line. Like I, I don't even understand what this is or why this exists anywhere. Anyway, so. So oh, it, gosh. if that were the case, I would understand to a point possibly why carriers are like, mm, we'd like to get that little bit of cheddar. You know, we're going to lose that. But no. almost everybody's <laughs> back to like we went through a weird phase where the, everyone was, you know, structured and tiered data for a little bit there for some reason. Um, but most people are back to having unlimited data plans. That was so weird. It was like there was a two-year span where it's like, okay, well, everybody's going to be back on it. Wh- which plan are you going to pick? What it's like, was why? That? Why did that happen? I, I don't remember know. what the the – the reason was for that probably the FCC yeah, would I, be my guess. It's like LTE rolled out and people started capping data again for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what the thing was with that, but that went away again. So we're back to unlimited data. So they're not nickel and diming you on data. They're not nickel and diming you on SMS. So I I, I literally can't think of one reason why carriers would be like, mm, we're not ready. They wait Switch it for, over. Waiting for 5G, is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Well, then we're going to be waiting for another five years because yeah. that's going to take a while. But anyway, Google basically stepped in and said, you know what? Don't care. We'll, we'll route all the RCS stuff through our servers for people that want to use Android messages, which is installable on any Android device. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a, a Samsung-only thing or a Google phone-only thing. This is in the Play Store. Go get Android messages. Replace your carrier or manufacturer-branded awful probably messenger and put android messages on here yep enable rcs and it'll turn on and and it works through if your carrier won't do it it'll work through google servers they'll deal with the you know routing all the the data and all that kind of stuff boom you know we have what amounts to an uh iMessage replacement equivalent yeah the the only difference and a lot of people are quick to go oh but 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 um at this point the universal profile for rcs through carriers is not encrypted end to end. So if the FBI or something wants your messages, they could get them pretty easily versus like WhatsApp or uh, Facebook messenger. iMessage is encrypted end to end. Um, And technically Google now, since they're controlling RCS, at least at this point right now, they could, Google could step in and make, and maybe they even do. I don't, I haven't even looked to see, but since, since Google's controlling right now with uh, Android messages, it's all going through Google server they could encrypt end to end. It's just on the whether or not the carriers will. And I'm looking at the way that you know Doesn't government seem likely. Yeah, the lobbyists and all that kind of stuff with government and IPs and all that. Like it's probably not going to happen. Um, so that's that's one downfall there. But we have now a, a text message equivalent of of iMessage on Android. Here's the other wrinkle: um, Apple has yet to comment exactly what they're going to do with RCS. Now, most people have thought, once this rolls out and it's available for everyone across the world, like RCS replaces, because it's not like it's going to sit next to SMS and MMS. The idea is eventually MMS and SMS will go away. Like your kids may not even know what that ever was. Like they'll just understand this is the way you chat with your phone. Um, If it's all gone, if it's all taken care of and gotten rid of basically, then the thought is, well, at that point, Apple might get forced to allow RCS into iMessage. And it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal for them to do it, uh, to just allow that protocol in. 
and I've even had you know conversations with people. I'm like, look, okay, I get Apple wants, whether they say they do or not, they want to create this green bubble, blue bubble thing. They want that. They want for you to feel like you're missing something if you're not in that group. Fine. Then make it what's between blue and green. Blue and green is yellow and blue. So I don't know. Make it yellow or make it orange or something like that. So RCS messages come in in orange for iPhone. You make it a a third color so that they still know if they're going to think in these simple terms, oh, well, that color means I can still easily send them GIFs or I can send them videos mm-hmm. and they're not going to look like turds. Because right now, if an, an, an uh, iPhone user sends you a video over oh, SMS, horrible. you might as well not bother. No. I mean, it literally looks like garbage. And so, you know, if there's a simple color system that would allow them to be like, oh, cool, you know, this one, yeah, it's not an, it's not an iMessage, but it's we're using some data. We can, And again, they don't have to know any of those things. They just need to know, hey, this is, I can, I can message these people and you can do Cause RCS does all the things like read receipts and Hey, they're typing and you know, data heavy stuff you can send back and forth and groups. You can kick people out and bring people in. So all the things we expect from a messenger RCS does, um, there's no reason that Apple couldn't just say, yeah, we'll, we'll let that into iMessage. They don't need to build a new client. They just need to accept RCS. Yeah. Um, and they can, I guarantee you, they probably already have it made and ready. It's just going to be a matter of when everyone else is on that. Then I think they'll start to play ball, but that could be a while before that happens. So yeah. So so all of this is happening on uh, messaging side. How does this apply to Google coming out and saying, "Hey, we're going to make this new messenger for"? Because right now, the the information that has come out is that this is going to be a business-only thing for now? Yeah, so this is enterprise. Um, so this is not, um, this so is are not they Google leveraging? coming and being like, oh, I know last year we said RCS and chat and Android messages. That was going to be our messaging platform because that's what they said. Like, they ditched Allo. Hangouts is eventually going to go away. They keep extending it out, you know, yeah. but they, they've made it clear. Hangouts is going to die. So that leaves you basically with no instant messenger from Google for Android, but their contention was RCS in our text messaging app will be the replacement. And everybody was like, how's that going to happen? None of the carriers are getting on board. So the fact that they came in and said, you know what? Screw it. You know, we'll run it all through our browser or our, our, uh, servers, you know, and, and make this work. They've done that. So that's, that's done. That, that piece is in place. So I think now they can kind of switch and say, okay, if hangouts is ready to go, we can let it go because we have an alternative. Here's our alternative. It's available on every Android phone. Like the biggest thing I think they could do to move that needle forward too is get with these manufacturers and be like, stop shipping your messaging thing. Like Android has one built in. Use this one. It's better in every way, especially now that it supports RCS. You know, like the big guns, Samsung, LG, like these guys that, you know, people know. One Like OnePlus, I think, ships with Android Messenger anyway. Uh, maybe or does it have they have their own messenger too so and like it's equally as bad as yeah like getting ones. those guys to be like guys just quit like quit with this there's there's no benefit to you in having your own text messenger apart from probably trying to skeeve on people's data so just <laughs> take that out and put android messages in it's no different than you know you and get your phone out and it has chrome on it to begin with like let some of these things just be the core part of the Android experience in general. If you want to replace it with something great, Fine. that's on yeah. you. Yeah. But out of the box, most people use what's out of the box. So they've done that part on the consumer side, and that's seemingly where Google's going to stay. I don't 
I don't foresee them coming up with any new messaging platforms. Like a and new so Allo like that, is not going to show up for consumers. That's not going to happen. So like that could <clears throat> replace WhatsApp for a lot of people who are maybe using WhatsApp right oh, yeah. now. Like oh, we were absolutely. farting around with it. I mean, right. we could, we used it. The three of us used it for a little bit. I, yeah. I mean, but I have a ton of WhatsApp groups and right. I'm in WhatsApp anyway. So it's like, so there's no sense in moving. But then there's also point. like with Slack and kind of like we've experimented with this a little bit in WhatsApp, like creating different groups, you know, like having a social media questions group where mm-hmm. we post stuff in there and different channels on Slack and all this stuff. So like there's one side, like we're unique because we're kind of using WhatsApp for our business. There's a lot of people out there that just use WhatsApp to communicate with their friends yeah, and, right. and family. For them, RCS should replace that. This new thing, though, it seems like they, that Google's trying to do is almost like, hey, it, it, general consumers go use this RCS-based messages, you know, and then for anybody that needs something a little bit more robust, we're going to build this new yeah, thing. Yeah, because this is yeah. more focused around collaboration, which is birthed from what Google Wave wanted to be and so could have like, been. It was. It, it was. was. It yeah. absolutely just was. People was were just, not ready for that. At yet. that point in time, people had no concept of of cloud and real-time collaboration and apps being integrated with other apps. People had no idea what that meant and it just, it, it fizzled out. I mean. Yeah. And so like this, this new thing, will it still utilize, um, all of the RCS stuff? Like, is it still going to, is the backbone of it still going to be no. RCS? It'll just no, be no, like, no. Uh, I mean, messaging. I, we're It'll guessing be. at this yeah. point, but the, what they've said already is that we're talking about a platform basically that leverages, they're not getting rid of Hangouts for Enterprise. Like Hangouts, Meet, and Chat. So Hangouts, when they split Hangouts, Meet, and Chat, like everyone thought that Hangouts Chat was going to become a Slack type of thing. Like that it was going to do all those things. It just never did. I mean, it's... I don't even know that it's any more robust than regular Hangouts is. Uh, we messed with it a little bit, and I, I didn't see a whole lot of upside to it. Hangouts Meet is... <laughs> the uh, corporate version, basically, of Duo. Um, they've, they've leveraged some of the newer WebRTC stuff in it. Um, same idea, though. You know, it's here's a link. Everyone can just go to this link in a browser. We can get in, you know, and it's great. I, I've used Hangouts Meet a lot. Um, so I don't think they're going away from either one of those. Like, they've, they retooled both of those out of Hangouts to make them what they needed for Enterprise. It's just this idea that they're going to have one kind of thing that says, okay, we're going to we're going to take the best of those two things. We're going to take Gmail and Google Drive into this one collaborative thing. Um, they haven't said what it's going to be called um, or how it's even going to work. But we've seen things where um, we, you found it the other day that the whole chat in Gmail, like in the middle of threads. Yeah. yeah. What, what was that? If we even figure out what that was. <laughs> it's something they were trying. It might still be a thing. I don't know. But it was literally, it looked, and you, you can access Hangouts chats via email. You you can go through your email and see yeah. your Hangouts chats, and you click it, and it pops up a Hangouts. But this looked like a polished version of Hangouts chat, but it was integrated into like Gmail. In line yeah, with your Gmail. It is weird. And so the idea was, uh, or is, if it's still a thing, I don't even know, but if you've ever been in an email thread where an email consisted of one sentence and there's three people in there and everyone's replying all and everyone's replying with one sentence and there's some needed information in that email thread, you know how insanely difficult it becomes to find that one little bit of information. And 
because ultimately when an email gets replied to the entire thing that was there before it gets copied and dropped in again and again every time the reply happens and gmail tries to do a good job of hiding that stuff but it's, it's hiding it it is still, still there, there. Oh, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't do a good job of hiding it and the whole thing just blows up and you see like 40 responses back and forth and you're just trying to find that one little piece of info that kind of conversation is meant for chatting like those are chats that's not email yeah email should be a composed thing like a letter you know it's email that's what it was it was meant to be and so the the idea was you get a big email you look through it and you've got some quick questions well then you begin a chat with that group that's in that email thread and you're chatting back and forth and then when that person comes back with a full answer a well thought out thing a document almost then that becomes the email instead of putting it in there and so my thought is that this is that's what this starts to become this thing that um, an email comes in from a client and, and you forward this to a group or something. The group now sees it. Now you have a chat that's kind of connected to that email. When you're ready to go back to email to go outside of your organization to talk, it's there. It's, it's right there at your fingertips. And you send that email back or whoever, hey, can you respond to that email? Cool. You see it. Boom. You respond. But the chat happened in line or right in in proximity to that because chatting as your only mode of communication isn't the answer either we've tried that before no because too. the people that get pulled in if you've got seven people copied on the email and now you started a chat based off that email they need to know why they're in this group and, then and it to, should show the source it should right. show hey this group was created from this email or whatever and I, so like like with sheets how does that there's a chat feature in that how does that work with google docs what is that using so it's been there forever yeah there's i've done some of the chat stuff that's in some of the that's google chat, drive isn't it isn't it, it, it like, ends up i don't it's its own little chat thing apparently yeah. like even school, <laughs> students in school are starting to use those chats as these like almost hidden little oh, chats no. um so they'll create a doc that they're working on quote unquote for school and then they're using that and inviting people in to collaborate on a document and then using the sidebar chat to for their actual chat. And so, you know, you, you see the, the benefit of this, of being able to have a kind of a sidebar chat to a document or a sidebar chat to an email or a sidebar chat to a file or side, but how do you get all of these things together? Because the problem becomes, well, there, I, there was this chat. I was talking somewhere. Where was that? Uh, maybe it was in drive. No, was it in sheets? No, maybe it was Google docs. Crap. It was over. No, it was over in WhatsApp. We talked about that one thing. Did you share that in WhatsApp or did you send that to me in an email or no, I uploaded it to drive. Here's the link. And you quickly see how when, when you have a team of 10, 15 people and they're just moving and doing a lot of stuff and they're busy, it just becomes a bit of a cluster real quick. And so I have no idea what Google's planning, but I'd imagine if they're going to take the time to launch a new thing for business, for enterprise, for, for G Suite users, that they're thinking about all of this. Like they're going, okay, people are messaging, like people are chatting on a sidebar to a lot of our stuff. How can we make this more cohesive yeah. so that it's easier to collaborate? Like I've created this group of these seven people. We see the emails that have to do with the project. We see the drive files that have to do with it. We see the Google Docs, but our chat is our chat. It's not siloed into whatever service. Our chat, just the chat that involves these things. And how can we make that so it's simple to do? Because that's the issue a lot of, for a lot of people, like something like Slack, for instance. Like, because I think this is what this is going to be. Yeah. It's going to be a Slack type or Google, or Microsoft like Teams competitor. Um, but how can they leverage this? the specific tools that Google only has and Google only possesses to make a Slack competitor that does everything that Slack does, 
because it has to. If they show up with a half-baked project and people are like, oh, well, Slack does this and I can do this in Slack and I can do that in Slack. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, we haven't thought about that yet. No one's going to use it. No one. It's just like your messaging apps. You know, if you show up half-baked and try to replicate something that people are already using and it won't do the things that that thing already does, no one's going to use it. Yeah, the, no one's it, interested. Yeah, it needs to be, people need to be where they could literally look at this and say, okay, we can replace our current right. whatever 100%. with this 100%. I mean, Microsoft, they have hardware for their stuff. I mean, oh, Lenovo yeah. just put out that. And I could see Google, if they come to the table with all the features that are needed for an enterprise or for an office space or whatever, and then they can, you know, you integrate the assistant because the assistant's in everything. And then you've got, like they have Hangouts for Meet hardware. Now you have whatever this is. They don't have a name for it. No, no. Okay, yeah. So. This is just internal people Google talking. Google X. No, that's a it, thing already, isn't it? Google, <laughs> it, uh, Google Group. Google no, that, Group. No, oh, that's no, a thing. No, group's no. a thing? Group. Google Groups? Groups, groups yeah, is part groups of... Uh, is that's how, that's so, how we create our forwarders and stuff because of they don't oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, because Google didn't include forwarding as part of the you know their G Suite for some reason. No, they want you to buy another. Don't get Joe on. The G Suite <clears throat> so setup. yeah, I think this is this is all fascinating. I mean, for me, um, the the marketing firm that we worked with previously, I. I don't know. I I somehow I had many jobs, I guess, but one of them was uh, some kind of uh, I don't know what you would call it uh, organizational optimization logistics. Fix I, it. Yeah, I just fix stuff. And so uh, we I came on board, and they were emailing Word docs back and forth constantly. And what change did you make? Oh, I added comments in there. Oh, well, the comments aren't showing up for me. And I made, and then you you get. Oh, these, I didn't put the comment oh, in the thing. It's in the email. And it's a, and it's a revised version dash four eight. Oh no, that was I was I did it on that one. I didn't update the number. Yada 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 craziness. So uh, ended up going through the process, and this was literally a six month process. You will remember, Robbie, to get everybody using Google Drive. We have G Suite people. Let's use Google Drive. Yeah, because people and, were using Dropbox. Like, oh, it was Dropbox was the a best thing. thing ever. But personal was, Dropbox accounts. Oh, dude, it was so, my Dropbox is full. And, was like, and we we were, we were paying for this thing on this person, and we were paying for this storage on this person. I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. And so, uh, it it was literally a six month process to get everyone on board into. I had to create a process and almost like a document that shows you're going to upload it this way. You're going to get this link whenever you have you know comments. You do it this way. So there was all these steps, right? And Google has all the tools to centralize this. Google has all. I mean, you know, it's it's not totally vertically integrated, but it kind of is. You know, Google has Pretty tight. Google has all this stuff, so they can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Google, Google's tight. Google's tight. Screen rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Screen rant. Integration is tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to derail. Integration is tight. Uh, but Google, Google has a unique position to to create this perfect thing. <laughs> Please well, just do it. Because, says, because too, like what you're saying, like they the stuff that they have, the integrated, you know, uh, collaborative stuff. They started most of that. Yeah, like Google right. Docs and Sheets and all that stuff, they were the first at doing this. And so they've they've honestly really, I think, do it better than anyone else. Yeah. And so now figure out a way to use this thing to leverage that well, stuff. Well, and you, you see uh, you see Slack evolving over time and now Slack has this full on Gmail integration. Uh, but that's 
at, at the end of it, that's, that's just a bolted on solution. Um, right, right. at the end of the day, and this was the, the, the biggest issue as, as I was actually leaving the marketing firm, I had set up a Slack and me, you and Kenny were in yep. there yep. trying to figure out how to do it. At the end of the day, the external communication is is gonna be via email with most of your clients, most of the things right. that you're doing. I mean, this could be for a community project. I mean, it, you know, right, it could be right. for anything. A lot of the information that's gonna be shared back and forth is gonna be done via email. You can still have this centralized place if you create a Slack channel for it for the internal team. That's cool, but then it's still going to have to get communicated out somehow. Right, you're always going to be so, referencing. Yeah, because so, you're not bringing clients into your internal. And, and right. people at Basecamp has tried doing that with some success. I think I think there's other platforms out there that have done it maybe okay, but Google. <laughs> has gmail right so it's like you can integrate this and do this in a way that really makes sense for everyone involved right right so it's just it's interesting i mean i think to to kind of wrap this up you know you we have this connected world now where um you can be writing a document in 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 google drive you know in a, a google doc and someone can be in there with you and, and commenting on the side or adding things, you know, as you're doing it. And then you can have a chat with that person. And then you can, there's all these different ways to communicate. And it's just created all these, these weird issues, right? I mean, you, you just Yeah, because have, it's not all coming from one right, you service. Just, yeah, and, and you described it. Oh, did you send that on WhatsApp? Or no, that was this and blah, 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 whatever. And then it, it's like we have all of that. And then we have all this messaging stuff with iMessage doing its thing and doing this thing. It's like... Man, like I remember, uh, I, I do remember when when you had to pay for text messages, uh, but then back then it was it was uh, uh, what was it AOL Messenger and then MSN. Oh yeah, MSN. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and it's like it started there, man, and it's just evolved and evolved and evolved, and now it's like you know these these tech companies are evolving and everyone's just just doing the the next thing as fast as they can and then it's like oh crap we have all these issues now <laughs> like how can we fix all this and i think google has a i mean google as as the big conglomerate <laughs> you know maybe monopoly that they are you know <laughs> they have a unique position to maybe get it to where the consumer stuff is fixed <laughs> everyone's on the same page there and then hey if you have a work thing or a community project where you need to collaborate on something that's this other platform yeah so you have the two things you can go do you can you can text someone and your general just hey i saw this thing here's this here's this cute photo of my dog whatever you know you can have those general chats with people and then you can when you're wanting to collaborate and you're trying to actually get work done hey go use this thing yeah google yeah. work they'll call it google work. it could i mean who knows? <laughs> whatever i don't yeah. know uh, but like you were talking about you know collaborating and you know real time in a in a doc i imagine this this feature, this whatever this thing ends up being, like, what if it allows you, you know, like a little pop-up window of because it's going to leverage, you know, Hangouts Meet and hang out, and they may drop the names of all those things, just keep all the underlying stuff. Who knows? But you know, imagine being just in a doc talk and, and you just click, and whatever, you click yeah. a button, you know, and you're in a quick video chat that's popped yeah. up in the corner, and you, so you're talking with someone about this document. Yeah. So it's not just they're in there and they can message you. We can we can real time talk to each right. other without like, having to go to a separate exactly without place. Hold on, let me send you a link. Go to your email, click that, and then da, da, da. no, no, we're we're both here. Here's the button. So it's it becomes this integrated thing that flows through everything. It is Wave. Well, it, it's yeah. almost like the team at Wave went and did some other stuff, and they've gotten the, the gang back together, yeah. and they're like, 
we can finally do this now. People understand. So actually, like all of the features that Facebook offers, except it's actually productive. Pretty right. much everything's right there. I mean, you can pay people through Facebook now. You can video chat. You can do all of those things without ever leaving yeah. Facebook.com. That's what they're doing, except it's for people that actually want to get stuff done and not infinite scroll for hours on land. Yeah. I don't like Facebook either. So, so. check out the 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 post on the yeah. website if you want to see i embedded the uh the the original wave hey. like hey this is what wave is and we're sitting and watching it's i'm great. like this is it this is yeah. what and you gotta remember like when wave came out this was prior to google docs really catching on and i don't even know if you could even real-time collaborate what was that video at the time. from 2010 yeah um, and so <laughs> no i don't even know it might have been earlier than all that those, um, all those wave engineers was barely a thing yeah all the wave engineers were sitting around. No, like, no it might have been sooner than that. Jimmy, Sheila, gang's back. Yeah, it's been since 2009. We're coming back. 2020. Let's go. Let me get. Let me. Hold on. Let me. Let me open this up. So this is Meet Google Wave. Meet. Oh. Oh, so you're see, this. Up that I don't video. think this is. That was like a, a later upload or something. Maybe. Yeah, I think this yeah. is somebody else. Yeah. So Whatever. somebody did an overview a, of Google Wave in 20, 2009. That was an overview. Like, hey, this is like, hey, the it's service out. is Here out. Is. Let's talk about this. It wasn't the, um, the hey, this is a new thing. So I, I it would was bet- announced at I O in two thousand nine. Okay, so yeah, so in, in summer of two thousand nine. So we're talking almost uh, coming up on eleven years ago. So think about how far ahead of its time Wave was. But the idea is the same. How? What if you had your chats? What if you had and. Your, your emails, your messages, your your documents, all of your things in one place. You create a group and you let people, you know, work around those things. It's the same stuff. I just don't think at the time. A couple things. One, they didn't realize how essential email is. Like we can we can hate on email all we want, but it has become an absolute function of the way that we communicate. Like it'd be like, hey, we're gonna just you know get rid of all messaging and we're gonna do this thing where you do whatever. Like people wouldn't gravitate towards that. Like messaging has become too too centralized. So G- uh, email in general has become the same thing. It's it's just core to the way that we communicate with people personally and professionally. And so now instead of trying to replace it, it sounds like Google's trying to figure out a way to let's let's figure out how to leverage it better let's let's figure out a way inside of this to to use to use email and gmail for google specifically and 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 work around that and use it and integrate it into this whole thing because i don't think wave had anything to do with gmail at all i don't i don't know that you could integrate either one of them they wanted you to use it the other problem with it was people saw it and went oh cool i can message people with this and so they took this thing that was it can do a hundred things. And they're like, yeah, but we just really want you to do the one thing hmm. I can send messages to people and send them funny pictures and stuff. Right. Like MSN messenger. Right. That's what this is for. And Google's like, well, kind of, and that's what people wanted from it. And so you got this big service platform that people really wanted to use for one little piece of it. And so it, it was just, it was the wrong time for it to, to show up. It was the wrong time for it to be introduced. Uh, but kudos to Google for seeing the writing on the wall that long ago and realizing like eventually this is what people are going to need to, yeah. to be productive. Um, but I mean, think G suite didn't exist back then. I mean, the, the number of things that have changed and evolved and, and been created in the last decade that now allow them, I think to retry this whole effort. And I, I honestly, I think as long as they put all the pieces together and they make sure that the thing that they're competing against Slack, Microsoft teams, that they can cover all those bases and then start adding all the special things that Google can add to that equation. 
I really honestly think this could be a pretty successful thing because people are embedded in using Google services professionally already. It's not like, oh, we're trying to get you, hey, we have a a document editor you could use, or hey, we have a a cloud solution for your files. Do you want to try that? People are already using it. Here's a thing that works with everything that you're already using. You already use this stuff? Cool. Instead of bolting things on, like Joe said earlier, with, with Slack, and again, no offense to Slack or Microsoft Teams, but instead of bolting things on or trying to use services, how how about we who make all the services you already use create a service like those that will just work flawlessly with right. this stuff? But they've got to deliver that. They can't deliver a, a half-baked solution at this point. And I'm hoping that's not the case because it's not like people were clamoring for this. And they're like, please, Google, fix this. We have such a problem. You know, like they're deciding to enter this. Yeah, and there's so, solutions in yeah, the and market. And it will be very right. easy for people to look at it and say, eh, no, if it doesn't deliver. Right. Now, so, I'll just go use Slack. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, my God, we've got to fix something or else we're going to lose so much money. Like Slack's been around for a while. Like these uh, things are established. So if Google's deciding to get into this, I'm hoping that that means they've thought about it. Uh, they've considered what the competition is and what they need to do to, to compete. In they're space. like, they're like, man, there's all these people using these other platforms and they're not on, uh, and they're all bolting themselves yeah. into our, uh, our services. Yeah. And, How about and, we be that thing? And they're spending, they're spending all their day in uh, Slack and they're not clicking on any Google ads. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's create a platform where they could uh, stay at our uh, ecosystem and, and click our ads. I'm going to call it uh, I'm going to call it Google work. Send me, send me that work link. <laughs> So here's the deal, and this isn't a dig, and I, I'm just joking, but here's what happened, really. they built, How many Stadia servers are, are there? No one knows. Who knows? They're all, all over the world. All of them. Okay, so no no one's jumping on Stadia the way that they had made, the way that we had hoped. <laughs> They're going to leverage They're Stadia like, servers. We've got all this server space. We need to do something with it because it's just uh, sitting there. Well, let's make kidding. a new messaging platform. We, <laughs> yeah. we love Stadia. Wave, wave team. Hey, love it. Jimmy, Sheila. We're wave. getting the band back together. Like, hey, yeah, call Jimmy. He hasn't done anything in like <laughs> nine years. Yeah. Uh, you all haven't watched Silicon Valley. But <laughs> no. <laughs> There's this, uh, the big Hooli company, which is like the google conglomerate you know and they have all the cool stuff but then when you actually get into work there it's awful and the people that get let go they don't actually fire them they just go work on the roof and they don't do anything <laughs> wow <laughs> that's that's what happened jimmy they need and, you to move your desk jimmy, to the basement jimmy and sheila okay. jimmy and sheila with the wave team were <laughs> up on the roof they were like hey come back down we need you yeah you're back guys you're back, uh-huh. you're back. Wow. put you all back right. in the game yeah Okay, folks. We're yeah, gonna take San Francisco. A, yeah. The weather's temperate. Oh yeah, they're fine. good. Yeah. They're good. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break for an ad, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are going to switch it up. We're going we're gonna to shift gears. We've talked about messaging enough. Hopefully you have a better understanding of messaging and how it's all messed up. Yeah, but how, I mean, ultimately, you know, chat yeah. fixes the consumer side. Right. 
this maybe is the answer to better collaborative stuff on the other side. And, just don't Google it. Just don't yeah. Google it up. Don't, don't Google it up. Just make just a thing that you're right. going to stand behind. Do it and the right way. Stick with it. That's what we're yeah. hoping for. Yeah. So um, one other thing uh, that we're going to talk about today, uh, I, fo- I found really interesting. <laughs> um, and, and Robbie, you wrote in a kind of follow-up piece to uh, kind of the original article that we had seen. But uh, Dieter over at The Verge uh, wrote a video, or wrote a video. What is wrong? I guess he with probably me? wrote a script. He wrote a likely, script maybe. for the video, kind of. Uh, he wrote an article and made a video about the Surface Pro X, um, and this is an ARM device, correct? Yeah. So, and this is his second. So he reviewed it back at the end of last right. year. So this is kind of like a follow-up piece. Right. Um, and and he said uh, his his title was fantastic. Pull it up for me, real quick. Yeah. Um, I it want was to great. Say. It was catchy, and man, I'm I'm sure it got a bunch of views. Good for them, but um, had something to do about. Well, I want to. I want to yeah, pull yeah. it up. So I never heard a dash of salt in that. No, in. no, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm serious. That's that's. So great. the article title. They're kind of similar, but the article title is Microsoft Surface Pro X is the world's most extravagant Chromebook that doesn't run Chrome OS. Right. But <laughs> then you said that is. Yeah. But then the video was, I think, even better. Microsoft accidentally made yeah, a great Chromebook. That one's great. That's a great title. Yeah. Um, because obviously, because let's say premium hardware and an ARM processor, right? Is ARM? Yeah, yeah. It's so. a, it's that snap. It's I don't know what they called it. It's made with Qualcomm Snapdragon. Compute. It's going to be a eight, compute. Yeah, compute. it's an eight CX compute chip, but it's a special surface one. But it's probably just basically the eight CX. Yeah, it's just got Intel, whatever something. I don't know Microsoft stuff in it. Like yeah, I mean they they not Intel maybe yeah. tuned one little thing to make it you know their own thing. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's it's the equivalent probably of an eight fifty five on steroids. Uh, right. It's in phones. So the cool part is um, everyone that reviewed this thing said hardware wise beautiful. Um, it, it does all the surface things you want. Um, the kickstand's awesome. Keyboard feels great. You know, so it, it's still a Microsoft Surface, a detachable keyboard thing with a kickstand and a pen. Um, so all of those things they nailed. Apparently the screen looks great. Bezels are really tiny uh, around the all edges. And so like surfaces are starting to look a little dated. They have uh, kind of large bezels around the edges. But, you know, they, they did all those things right. Um, but everyone comes back. Every review you can go look up on this thing. It's like, yeah, they promised that, you know, it's going to be fast. And when you're doing ARM stuff, it is fast. But then the minute you go to open up a normal legacy app, mm-hmm. it's incredibly slow. And it's because it's getting emulated. It's, it's yeah, emulating. That, and that's every one of these Windows ARM devices that's been made. It's yeah, the same even problem. Like, the, I think the promise was, hey, with this new one, you know, this this chip's, this chip's going to be the one. This is going to be the one that's going to deliver this the performance that chew through this emulation. Fault, it's not. It's and totally it's, not. It's not that these chips are slow. They are not. I mean, they, they benchmark up there with the, the ones in these latest iPads and we know that those things aren't slow. They have the ability to compute things very fast and in a very efficient way. It's just Windows isn't made for this. Um, and so the version of Windows that's running on this, um, I, I don't know if it's a different version, but it is compiled for ARM. So the OS itself is made for an ARM chip. So the OS gets around fine. Um, it takes advantage of the chip. And then there are a handful of apps. I think Microsoft's own stuff, I want to say Word and stuff like that, they have an ARM version. So all that stuff's nice and snappy and quick. 
it's the minute you get outside of those things. Uh, there's just no app ecosystem it's right now. what most Microsoft people do on their computer. I mean, yeah, you use right. the Microsoft products, but the reason I would have a Microsoft computer is because there's some sort of non-Microsoft Some app, random a, app I could A use. golf simulator or whatever. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's that's the reason Robbie has a tower. Yeah. Or had. Had yeah, one. So. I, putting everywhere on but it. But you, you get them it. because you have applications that you want to install and they're not Microsoft applications. Right. And so th- th- you see the use case. I mean, it's quick quick to see. Um, this, this whole thing isn't going to work until developers decide to build. There's not very many of them and not many people buying because, I mean, this thing's like $1,800 or something. So there's not many people buying these devices. So that means developers are like, eh, do I really want to spend the time and resources? To... It's the same conundrum that runs into every other platform. And Windows has come up against it multiple times. They thought the emulation thing was going to help. It doesn't seem like it is. But in this, he makes such a great point. And I think it's honestly, it's a pro Chromebook, pro Chrome OS, pro web app, pro open web point he makes with this. And that's if I he, he basically did his review and said all the things we just said, but now he's doing this one and saying, okay, I'm going to use the Edge browser, the beta one at the time when he was doing this. Mm-hmm. Is it out of beta now? Final release it just is. came out, yeah. So it's not technically beta now, but it's the Chromium-based Edge browser. So it's basically Chrome, Microsoft's version of Google Chrome, basically. So the Chromium engine is, is running things, meaning he can install uh, Chrome extensions from the Chrome web store uh, just fine. And... But the, the this version of Edge uh, is compiled for ARM. So it's taking advantage fully of the processor to leverage all the GPU and all that kind of stuff. So what he did was basically run this thing like a Chromebook. He he installed web apps. And it does PWA installs, again, just like Chrome, because it's kind of just Chrome with a facelift. And used it like you would use a Chromebook in general. And then he said, okay, when I had to, when I absolutely had to, use a Windows app for something, I would go use that Windows app and maybe emulate it and know that it's going to be a little bit slow, but it's there when I need it. Um, and he reiterated multiple times in this, am I saying to go buy this thing? 100% no. I'm not saying go buy it. Like, you shouldn't buy this. Uh, there's no reason for you to go buy this hardware to do what I'm doing. But his point still stands that when he was using software that was built for this hardware and when he was sticking to web-based applications, he was able to do almost everything he was doing in that mode. Right. And that's important because that's what a Chromebook promises. That's what Chrome OS is about. And so when you see devices like the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook, for instance, and it's $1,000, and we're like, man, that's expensive for a Chromebook. Remember, you've got Dieter over here playing on a, a Surface Pro X that's you know, almost twice as expensive, but not twice as nice. Mm-mm. It doesn't have, I guarantee you the, the Galaxy Chromebook screen will be better. Typing experience is going to be better. Build quality is going to be on par. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got pen support, has a pen comes with it. You know, you don't have to buy external stuff. And it's way less money, but it's the same computing type experience. It's the same idea. Right. Or you, we you, can leverage yeah, the web. You do that, and then you find an alternative for that one app that you have to have. Or if you can't, right. then you take the $800 you just si- saved and you buy go buy $400. No, go buy a $400 <laughs> Nook and have it on your desktop to right. run that one Windows thing, and you've got $400 in your pocket. And, and you know, you're not even thinking about all the, the options here that, again, most people, when they think about computing you know that we've got these these ideas of how windows works and all this kind of stuff instead of 
you know, trying to say, hey, buy this OS and replace everything that you do on your Windows laptop with these apps instead, Chrome OS is coming at computing and saying, hey, leverage the web instead. And I didn't get to the point where my entire workflow was web-based overnight. It's not like I just woke no. up and went, oh, yeah, it's easy, just change over. You know, but I did start making, even before I switched to Chromebooks uh, on a daily basis, I was already making the choices to choose web-based alternatives mm -hmm. to things when I could. And there's just literally a hundred times more of those things that exist now than did even back then. But kind of going about my work that way, I began uh, using even Windows devices in kind of in this way, where I was doing this because I like the idea of the open web. Mm, yeah. I like the idea of being able to be like, ah, oh, well, I, I changed computers. Well, I'm, I can log in now with Windows, obviously. I'm, I'm going to spend two hours setting it up, but then I'm going to log in and just have all my stuff. Um, and that's where that's why Chromebooks became so enticing to me so quickly because I was like, oh. I just log in and all my stuff's there and then go grab this one yeah. and log in and all my stuff's there too. And within minutes I'm up and running and this thing's nimble and light and it's doing all the things I need it to do without all the excess stuff that I don't actually mm -hmm. need anymore. I don't I don't need this to run some old program that would work for Bill's bait shop down the, <laughs> down the road, like a, that runs his inventory that's from 1987. Right. Like I don't, I have no need for my operating system to be able to think about that. I just want to be able to stay light and nimble and work for the web. And what he's doing in this little experiment is exactly that. Saying like, yeah, this is a super expensive piece of hardware, but when I use it more in line with probably what, you know, they're thinking it should be used for, it's pretty amazing. It was really fast. Uh, and it gives me great hope for how ARM processors, these Sam, uh, Snapdragon ARM processors are going to behave on Chromebooks moving forward. Like, it's really exciting to see how quick, you know, everybody dogged this thing for being slow and kind of muddy. And all of a sudden, you stop trying to emulate all your software and just run ARM-based stuff on it and stuff that's compiled for ARM and works for ARM. And, oh, yeah, crazy fast. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, oh, cool, because that means... Because Chrome OS is already built. It works on x86 and ARM. It, there's both versions. Yeah, and, and so, OS is. Yeah, and so the, we don't have to worry about that. So the minute we get some really powerful ARM chips, could be real interesting. Are they making Qualcomm Chromebooks? Uh, not officially. But <laughs> we know, I, I, we hadn't know heard, good I hadn't heard this. In a while. You know, that 7C, and I keep an eye on Trogdor. Yeah, Trogdor. Uh, my new favorite. commits for Trogdor. Not, not there, there's a, quite a bit of them. Uh, that SC7180, we all know it's going to be the 7C compute chip. It's just a matter of when we're going to see it. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, so, so if you, I, th I think, I think Dieter's whole point in all of this is the web right and he's always kind of been a little bit on the whole like web oh well, i'm gonna go and tell you hey you know this <laughs> guy he, ran palm or a pre-central pre so yeah. pre which was web os which yeah. was basically a web-based operating system yeah. for phones D Dieter is he the, ran that Dieter site. is the web os of, of yeah. what we do he is longing for an all-in inclusive platform that is built around this type of ecosystem. It's yeah, just if, not there yet. If you uh, haven't, let me see if I can find it while you finish your point, but he yeah. wrote a piece on the open web. It's one of my favorite that. things he's ever written. Yeah. Uh, I'll find it and yeah. we'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah, but it's just, it, it's interesting. Like you have, so he's, 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 I'm, I'm figuring this out as I'm saying it right now, but the, uh, the, the, the Microsoft, you know, $1,800 device He's trying this really expensive Windows computer and saying, 
hey, all of this works really, really well in the cloud, you know? You basically and, just skip the Windows and, part. And, 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 and so much of it, and like what you were just describing of your transition to get to where you are being fully in the cloud now, you made a choice, right? You said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to use this app on the web. I'm going to find a solution for these things. Like so many people are, well, I, I got to have that. I got to have that one thing. I got, I got to. No, you don't. You just don't want to use the alternative. You yeah, don't want to take the time and effort because it, it'll be hard. Same thing with like people switching phones. You know, it, sure. it takes it takes time. And and having a different perspective what makes all the difference. If you go into a situation and you're saying, "I'm going to find a solution to this. I'm going to find a online graphics editor where I can make." Um, uh, graphics for social media. I can make yeah. graphics for my company. I'm going to find that. I've used Illustrator for so long, I'm gonna, but I'm going to find something. And if you go into it with that attitude, you'll find Gravit and you'll be like, wow, this is this is cool. It has a lot of things. Oh, it's missing this, but okay, I'm going to find, all right, well, oh, I'll need to Google this and I'll need to go around looking forums and find out how to do cool. this. That's very different than someone who is being maybe, sorry, I rolled the cord down there. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> that's very different than someone who's maybe being forced into it or doesn't want to do it truly. Because sure. then they're going into it and they're like, Gravit doesn't do this. I can't do this in Gravit. You know, this Gravit, yeah. I can't. It's not, it's yeah, it not take, doing this. It takes an open mind and, and a mindset of I'm going to find a way. Because like Robbie was saying, is he mentioned like a, an inventory system. I've dealt with legacy in in the restaurant industry legacy mm -hmm. programs that run and they've got to have updates and your right. hardware's not gonna, and this not whatever but there are all right they are tons of online full online inventory <laughs> systems and if someone came to me today and said hey i'm setting up a business and i want to get set up with an online or an inventory system I would immediately start looking for the best online tool I could use because they need to be able to access it when they're on the go and when they're not at work and all that stuff. And I would not, I wouldn't even consider a, a legacy installable app unless it was a last choice, a last option. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and it's just, it's interesting. Like that my takeaway from, from Dieter's thing was just, Hey, if, if there are people out there that are dead set on, on these legacy pieces of software like just try to go, if you're using a, a microsoft say you say you're using the surface try just try it try finding alternatives on in your browser on that device like you yep. don't have to switch over completely all overnight you don't have to like hey i'm gonna switch to cloud computing i'm gonna do everything in the cloud like obviously it looks like we're we're, we're going that yeah. way i mean and kudos to microsoft for for completely overhauling edge yeah, I mean, I mean it's uh, it's legit. They are I mean, they are they are playing a big part in moving the web forward and creating this type of ecosystem where everything can be just wherever you need it. Yeah, you know, and it you know, and and again, it's it just boils down to that like perspective, right? If you're gonna do this, like have an open mind about it. And obviously, like we're we're huge fans of of cloud computing. Um, and so we're, we're, we're on board, but I think it's useful. Like it just, honestly, if, if anything, just as a thought experiment, as, as, as a way of testing yourself and getting your head out of a, a routine, you know, Oh, well, I use this program to do this. Well, tr try something a little different. And like it, it'll ch maybe sometimes change your perspective on things and give you different ideas and, and all of this. So that's a, that's a more existential <laughs> reason to try it. But I think, I think it's useful for people to try to do this. And so Dieter saying, "Hey, I'm using this really expensive Windows thing, but I'm doing everything in the cloud." Like, 
Yeah, it's and just I mean, fascinating. I would, I would assume that apart from Final Cut, that's pretty much how you use. Oh this yeah, Mac, I've, right? I've really, really wanted to. It's it's on my list of videos that I want to do, but I want to talk about how I have Google-fied the uh, the hmm. MacBook over here. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I'm, um, we still use GarageBand to record the podcast, and we're looking into uh, some other solutions there, some web versions. This is a perfect example. So this is when years ago, when I was switching over to Chromebook. Um, I was doing web web development, and I, I needed a way to run. I, I used Inkscape at the time, so vector oh, editing yeah. was and Inkscape's awesome. Um, but I needed a way to have that at my disposal when I needed it, even if I'm on a Chromebook. And at that time, it was not easy. The only thing that allowed me to bridge that gap for a little while was um, installing Crouton, so a Linux install that kind of runs side by side with it's the precursor to. to uh, Crostini and the the way Linux works on Chromebooks now, but I could I could run that and and get this up and running and run Inkscape in Linux on my Chromebook and that's what I did. It was it the best option? Is it the the most stable thing I could have done? No, but that's when you're talking about mindsets. My mindset was already made up that it was more important to me to be able to to operate from a cloud based thing that I could replicate anywhere than it was to go find a machine that I'm going to pay $2,000 for and install a bunch of software on it. Mm-hmm. Like I was just done with that. I wanted to, to have everything to where it, no matter where I was, I can log in and do this and have it. Now installing Crouton was a, a process that I always had to do. And so when Gravit came along and now there's vector and I'm looking at one right now called Vecta is another one. And there's all kinds of these free vector editing things. Um, Figma. Remember we looked yeah. at Figma for Figma, a little bit? Yeah. Figma is insane. Yeah, now, you got to pay dope. for that service, but it is an absolute collaborative monster when it comes to vector design, graphic design, and all that kind of stuff, layout design, print layouts, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it is amazing. It is an amazing uh, tool. I, it, it was too much for what I was doing, and nobody else, I, was, I wasn't needing to collaborate. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, Gravit Designer has, yeah. has come along so far that it just became the new normal for me. Those None of those things, none of this stuff existed when I was ready. I was ready to move over. My mind had been made up. I was ready to move into this. <laughs> so you those were things weren't there. Escape. <laughs> right. So I just figured it out. I made it work. And that's the thing. Like we're talking about recording a podcast. We've been looking. Yeah. I looked literally two, three times a week. Yeah. Every week. Online vector editor. Vector editor in the web. It's the same thing with gaming right now. I just put an article out this morning. Like there are a handful of little games that are out there that run in a browser that are cool. Like, you know, quick shooter, first person shooter games that are insanely good. Mm-hmm. Like they're really cool looking. And I'm like, it's one day, one day in Activision or a an Epic Games or somebody's going to be like, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to release something like we would have released for a mobile game. We're going to release it for the web. We're yeah. just going to put it on the web. We're just going to do it. And people will see it and play it, and there will be player bases, and it will become a thing. Someone's going to do it, and then other people will start, like big-name developers. Yeah. But it's going to take that to get there. Same thing with this yeah. podcasting stuff. Right. Like We're close. Yeah. Like There's some options, yeah. and, and, but there's yeah, some little, little things that we got to wait, like latency and, and some of those things that have to get... Yeah. ironed out but we're looking yeah. we're actively looking for those solutions and trying things i don't want to i don't and i don't it, you bring up a great point i don't want to sound like a hypocrite and somebody listening to this might say oh well yeah okay well, you're saying go try all these other pieces of software and do things in the cloud but you're using garage band and final cut well at the end of the day it for us at least it uh it, it boils down to quality and efficiency 
right? right. And and for us, we've been actively looking and are constantly. I mean, I I Google search for Adobe Rush. Oh, gosh. I, I mean, every week, every single Monday, I'm Googling it to see if it's available because I really want to edit in the cloud. I want to. Um, but at the end of the day, if you, and, and that's a good point. Like, if you're out and you're, you have that one little thing that you got to do, what we're saying here, it, it's not going to work for everyone. Not, no. a, a, there's going to be professional video editors that have to have a nonlinear editor like Final Cut or Premiere. Right. Or, you know, DaVinci Resolve or whatever. And so, like, you know, we we have tried. We have, I have tried, I've tried Wii Video. I have tried Kenny Master. I did install Kden Live. Power Director. Yeah, I installed Kden Live again the other day via Linux, and I have no idea how to use it. So yeah. I need to have Joe test it out. But my experience with it last week compared to three months ago, yeah. it looks like and it they're might getting be better. There. Yeah, it they're might. getting yeah. so Kden much better. Kden Live apparently is like one of the top ones for Linux. And it seems to be working. Yeah, and it's on. like if I can if I can record we we record all of our video in the highest bitrate possible <clears throat> in 4K resolution, and to deal with those files is crazy. And Final Cut has all sorts of crazy, you know, transcoding and things they do to make it work. And even still, sometimes our two thousand dollar MacBook gets bogged down, right? And so trying to do those things on a Chromebook, it's just it's just hard. I mean, I'm, and we've tried it, and for general little videos that a family might be doing of you know the kid riding riding his bike for the first time the those little vi video editors that are out are, are probably sufficient but for me have a, a quote-unquote professional uh, i don't i'm not going to call myself a professional but someone who's is producing video for a living i have to have something that is working fa mm -hmm. again quality and efficiency right i have to be able to edit a video i mean yesterday we filmed at three o'clock i had it done at five Right. There's and, no and, way. And there's, no, about, like, there's not processing power in these online ones yet that can do that. Right. Think about going to a, uh, an event, going to CES or going to a Google event or going to Acer's event or something. And, you know, we've just filmed something. We're either going heading back to the yeah. hotel room. Like those are the situations. And, and for you listening, like you need to put yourself mentally in those situations and think, okay, if, have I found a tool that in those situations it's, it's going to hold work. up? Right. Is it going to hold up? And I can say like all the things that I use, um, it does. They all do. You know, if I have an internet connection, I'm good. Like I've, I can do all the things I need to do. Like I don't have to, I rarely turn Linux on, on mm -hmm. my Chromebooks. And sometimes I even turn Android apps off just because I'm like, eh, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really need them. I, I live in and work and produce everything I do in, in the web. Um, and that's just not going to work for everybody, but it doesn't mean that you can't be moving towards and that. Like and, and, trying. And, and thinking about and, it and going, and, yeah, oh, heck, exactly. And, but, you know, to come back to your point with video editing, for instance, the the issue that comes up a lot of times with video editing is you've got local files that are massive. Right. And so, I mean, with any any given project that we work on is, I mean, I could look at the one that we just did yesterday. I, it, it's probably around a hundred or maybe over a hundred gig. Right. Roughly. And, so, and that yeah. that's the problem because I use WeVideo personally, and it is great. It doesn't have near the tools that what what you use does. And for a professional video editor, you're not going to – it has, like, basic color grading and stuff like that, but it's just not as robust. But even if you could get away with doing it because you had a great camera and your lighting and all that stuff, even if you could, I make little two-minute videos that don't require a ton of work. If you are traveling and, like you said, we're in New York or whatever, you're at a hotel and you've got a 100-gig file and you're doing this all online, it's got to upload, right. process, right. then it's got to download <laughs> – 
you can't do that. I mean, we've been right. in hotels where the internet was literally like three megs down. Yeah, right. So it's got to be local. You're done. You're right. set. Yeah, to go yeah. back to your point is local files. Yeah. So, so for certain things, local stuff has to be done before you can get it uploaded and edited. Um, and so I, you know, I don't know what the solution is there. And some people I've heard contend, um, especially for YouTubers. Okay. Well, like you know, Rush. you're, you're I mean, complaining Rush is legit. You know, like you're complaining about um, not being able to edit a local file. Now there aren't any web-based video editors yet that we've seen that I'm like, you know, other than having to upload your file, this thing's perfect. Like I don't even no. have that as a, no. as an option yet. But if there were, then I think the argument could be made. You're going to end up having to upload this thing eventually if you're going to share it with anybody. So you're going to figure out the internet thing, whether that's go find a place that has better internet. So eventually in your process, before you get to share this with the world, you are going to have to sit down and upload this thing at some point. And so the argument then becomes, well, if you do that right off the bat and you do all of your edits and everything happens in the cloud, what's the difference? Yeah. And that's, I think that's a fair point. It's just that you've got to find that internet connection before you can even start working at all, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. I think the difference there is, you know, the project itself, all the clips add up to, like I said, the hundred gigs, the file that I upload after it's rendered out four times is, is 1.5. Okay. Gotcha. You know, so the file we actually go and upload once the video is done and rendered out in Final Cut, the file that I actually compress and put into, you know, uh, MP, you know, four mm-hmm. <laughs> H264 codec, all this crazy crap, you know, it, it gets down to a gig, two gig, three okay. gigs, you know. So that's the difference, I think, for, for oh, video sure. editing specifically. Yeah. But if you had four or five clips, you know, it's not a huge deal. <laughs> Get those uploaded and, right. and edit. So, yeah, it's, you know, like, yeah, to, to, to kind of put a bow on it it's like Dieter I think proved like hey if you're if you're even at all interested in this stuff especially with these arm devices man like you can you can get a lot of work done in the cloud and it's and it's just about making that decision to, to do it uh, if you want to go buy you know the $1,800 surface what is it called surface pro x by all means go do it right have fun <laughs> have fun you're gonna spend a lot of money uh, and not get a whole lot more, if at all, anything more than buying the thousand dollar Galaxy Chromebook that's going to be coming out here. Soon, right, right. You know, so uh, fascinating stuff, man. Any, anything else? I don't know. What else do we have to say about that Service Pro X? It's uh, it was an uh, interesting experiment that Dieter did, and it and it and it stoked <laughs> some conversation around the office. No, for sure. And that's that's what this podcast is fun. That that's one of the reasons this podcast is fun because these are the conversations that we're having around the office normally. I mean, that, that video came out and you were like, dude, did you see this? Oh yeah, I just watched it. Like right. we're having those conversations and now we get to sit down here and, and talk about it with you guys. So hopefully you all enjoyed it. If you did, um, w- uh, well, I was going to say, if you did give us a review, but I, somebody said the other day they couldn't review. They couldn't give us a can't, review. Yeah, oh, you can't review on Google podcasts. I'm sure oh. you can on some other platforms. Hmm. But I didn't they know said that. that huh. Google, Google Why podcast is that? does not have a review. That's so weird. That is weird because they say, ask you to review everything well, hey, else you have this. on your phone. Let's do this. If you liked it, hit us up on Twitter and say, hey, I like the podcast. Yeah, follow there us you on go. Twitter. Yeah, follow yeah, us on Twitter. We're always doing silly stuff on Twitter. We are. We've got, uh, we've got one giveaway going on right now uh, for a buddy pass that's going to end tonight. Oh, yeah. I need to right. get a post out about that. Dang. Really, I need to get, it, get to work. Uh, but <laughs> we're also working on a new giveaway that's going to be... Epic. Huge. 
Um, so you really need to stay tuned for that. You need to follow us on social media and We're stay giving tuned. away the espresso maker. Better. Uh, better. Uh, wow. More, okay. More. More. That's ex- a bold statement. More expensive. Bold. More <clears throat> better. I need to edit that out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So definitely stay tuned on social media if you're not already. Please go follow us at Chrome Unboxed on all the stuff. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Those are. Those are where we communicate with people. I think we're going to get rid of we, me, <laughs> me, we. Me, we. I was going to call it we, me. <laughs> so I wanted it yeah. to be good. But it's Man, just... If you're following us over there, I'm sorry. It's just not. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Go follow us on Twitter at Chrome Unbox. But folks, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with more discussion about Chrome OS and Chromebooks and messaging and the Surface Pro X like we did this week. So, Hopefully you all enjoyed it. We will see you all next week. See you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.